The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There are some people that make their work just another thing they have to do. And there are those that make their work something that they want to do. Welcome to Working on Purpose with your host, Elise Cortez. In our program, we provide guidance and inspiration from those people who have found deeper meaning and personal connection to their work life. It's beyond 9 to 5. It's Working on Purpose. Now, here is your host, Elise Cortez. Welcome back to the Working on Purpose show. Thanks for tuning in again this week. Great to have you with us. I'm your host, Elise Cortez, joining from Dallas, Texas, which is my home base. I'll introduce my guests in just a moment, but first, let me thank my media partner and sponsor, Jobbing.com. If you're not familiar with them, Jobbing.com is the leading locally focused job board in the nation. They are dedicated to helping employers find quality talent in their own backyard and getting job seekers control over their search so they can find work close to home. I appreciate their partnership. We're both trying to help people connect with the work they want. For this week's conversation, we have with us, right here with me in my office studio, Charmaine Solomon, who is a founding member of My Possibilities. That's a full-day continuing education program for adults with disabilities in North Texas. And she currently serves as chairman of the board. Her focus, passion, and dedication to My Possibilities is very personal because her son, Kyle, with special needs, was one of the first hipsters, or hugely important people, to attend My Possibilities when the program opened in June 2008. She's going to share her story of how this organization was born, what it does today to serve the community, and her vision for its future. Charmaine, it's a pleasure to have you here with us. Welcome. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's really exciting to be here today. And do you not love that wonderful accent of hers? For, let's just quickly ask, let's just get that out of the way. Where's the accent from? Originally from South Africa. I was born in South Africa, but I think I'm a little confused because I lived in England for a while and now in the South, in Texas. So now I think I'm, I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like it. Thank you. I like it. I have some other South African friends and you make me remember them fondly. Oh, thank you. Well, let's start, if we can, by hearing a bit about your background before you ever had the inclination to found my possibilities. I know we just said you came from South Africa. Can you share a bit about it, about your life before you ever came to the States? Sure. Um, I, I was born and raised in South Africa. I'm married and I have, um, I'm a blended family. We have four children together. And so we are both South African, and um, uh, but actually I was in the business world. Um, I was a, in human resources, I was a recruiter, I was a manager for an organization called Kelly Personnel in South Africa. I'd worked for them for about 15 years. And um, uh, basically, uh, when I met my husband, he worked for a company called Cadbury Schweppes, which is a mm-hmm. South African company. And, um, I didn't know that. Yes, it's oh. a South African company, and um, basically we transferred to London uh, with the same company, and actually the same company is the company that brought us to Texas, to Dr. Pepper. Dr. Oh. Pepper was originally owned by Cadbury Schweppes. Oh. 
And so that's how we came to live in the, in, in the United States. Mm-hmm. Do you know that I started my human capital career also in recruiting? Isn't that <laughs> that's crazy? interesting. Yeah. It's crazy, yeah. yeah. The small world that we live Very in. Very small. Small world. Mm-hmm. And also, I, I love PepsiCo. I've done some work with them as well, and I, I did not recognize that history with the mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so interesting. Yes. Um, so you, you started your family in South Africa. Career in the United States. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, because you have that blended family, can we talk about your family and kind of how, what's, what's happened there? You, it's a blended family. Mm-hmm. When did you come together? You said you have four children. What ages? All those good things. Yes. And um, actually, um, we had two children each. So two and two made four. And after two and two made four, we decided that we didn't want any more children. <laughs> and given that they were all the same age, um, you know, very similar in age, we decided having, you know, three teenagers and one up-and-coming teenager was more than we could handle. Um, and that's how we started. We started with a blended family, which, of course, has its own challenges. Um, and then, of course, the youngest young man, which is my son, has a disability. And so, actually, my, the husband that I'm married to now is not the father of my son who has a disability, but he does a great job in being a dad to him. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk in a little bit of detail about your son. His name is Kyle, I yes. know. And because we're talking about what you've done here in terms of creating a school for disabled adults, I want to hear more about him. So show us about Kyle. Well, um, Kyle is now, gosh, in March the 11th, he'll be 30 years old. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, Kyle was not born an adult with a disability. Kyle was a normal, functioning young man. And uh, I was involved in a car accident when he was just a tiny baby. He was uh, three and a half months old. And in that accident, he sustained a head injury and became a young man with a multiple disability. Um, and really, that in that moment or in that instant, my life changed forever. Um, I was never the same person again. Um, I was a manager. I was on maternity leave. I had a company car, and I had all these fancy things. Um, but in that moment, my life fundamentally shifted. I needed to be closer to my son. I mean, a round of therapies and all the things that were needed. And um, actually, that then forged my next career because um, when I was going through all of this, I clearly was faking it very well because people would say, gosh, how are you coping with this? And how do you deal with this? And so I decided that I should really um, develop the skills to be able to talk to people and to really help people as opposed to making the trauma or upsetting people more. And that sent me down the path of counseling and learning how to really effectively communicate with people. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that for just a moment because one of the things that I had a lot of fun with when I was putting this particular episode together was uh, the description of it. Because a lot of people talk about, how can I find purpose in my career? How can I find my mission? And I, I said for this episode, look in your own backyard. Exactly. In your case, look right here in your own family. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think a lot of our listeners are going to be inspired by the fact that this is where you're, what you're doing today, which is clearly a mission for you, came from. Uh, I, I didn't know that's how your son got his disability. I didn't mm-hmm. understand that. I guess I assumed that he was born with it. Mm-hmm. So how old was he? He was just a baby. He was three and a half months old. And uh, it's kind of like shaken baby syndrome, you know, the jolt of the accident and the brain and the skull um, caused multiple um, challenges for him. One is a significant visual impairment um, and, you know, began around or into a different journey or a different life. And, you know, a lot of people think about a disability in utero or at the time of birth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. People don't think about disabilities beyond that. And I'm, there are many people. But there, by the grace of God, we all go that your life can change fundamentally. And mine changed in a dime. Um, in three minutes, you know, my life changed forever. And um, I remember that particular day on, on the accident, in the accident, 
I was just praying to God. And I just said, God, don't take him from me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll take whatever comes from him. But um, we've, God and I made, a, I guess, an arrangement in that moment. God did not take him from me from that day. But I can assure you, he's held me accountable to make sure um, it has not been an easy journey. It never is with a child with a disability. But he certainly held me accountable for my peace. Oh, my gosh, Charmaine, that is amazing. I had another a very amazing woman on my show who also talked about um, making a deal, basically, <coughs> with God. Um, in her case, she was a very young, single um teenage parent who wasn't ready for for parenthood and she talked about the conversation she had with God as she was considering what she how she was going to pull all this off I think it's really interesting that in that very moment Mm -hmm. that you somehow found yourself in that conversation correct and and really you know with all earnest meant every moment of that 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 was my intention you know and and I really prayed for that I didn't want to lose my son and um, God honored that commitment. He did not take my son for me. It was really very close. Um, but there were multiple. And I had said, you know, I don't care what the challenges are. I would deal with them. And um, God really held me accountable to that piece for sure. <laughs> he has a sense of humor sometimes. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> um, you weren't injured in this, though. No. I was not. I was driving and, um, you know, it was interesting. I was on my way to fetch my child, my oldest son, from a kite-making day. He wanted to go. Um, I take him down, him down early in the morning and I was on my way to collect him. And as a result of that, you know, um, the trauma for my family, my son felt guilty because he had nagged me that particular day. Right. I didn't really want to take him, but I did. And he knew that. And so it's amazing how that one moment or second in time can fundamentally change your system and change everything that you know to be true in that moment. Mm-hmm. That means a lot more to me right now in my situation, some of the things that I'm dealing with that you, that you could possibly know. It's interesting how things change on the dawn. Oh my I think in just a moment that, wow, your life will be completely different. Correct. Well, what have you learned by being a parent of a child with special needs? I have to believe that you've gotten a tremendous education over this time, so much so that, in fact, you're probably teaching others about that process. What have you learned? You know, one of the things that I've really learned is creativity. Um, And you never, um, first of all, never assume um, anything that you see is what you see because these guys don't communicate in the right way. Um, You have to look for things behind that. Um, Don't judge a book by its cover. You may think that they're not listening to you, but they understand everything. Um, It's an amazing journey, actually. It's been a privilege to learn about that and just to see um, how they approach life. Um, my son, for example, is very a sweet, sweet, sweet boy. I mean, you would not, wouldn't harm a fly. Um, and just to see him and to, to understand he, how simple his world is and how small things are that, you know, that, that he enjoys. You know, um, you can buy him a gift and he had more joy in the wrapping than he did in the, in the gift. Right. And, you know, just the basic simple things that we forget, they just love. And, I mean, it's just amazing. But it, it is tough. It's a 24-hour journey. Um, so taking time for yourself is important, getting some good caregivers. You know, you don't have to be the martyr to do the 24-7. Find some good caregivers because, you know, if you don't take care of yourself, you're not good to anybody and your energy is depleted and you really need to be, your, your energy needs to be. Because, you know, they're like little mirrors. If you're upset, they're upset. Mm-hmm. If you're sick, they're sick. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, the last thing you need to be is to do be depleted because then they are. And that makes it much more kind of thing. So I really learned to lean on people and make sure that I had good caregivers that could give me a break. Um, and I, I went back to work, actually. Work was sanity for me. I could be Charmaine at work. 
Um, my job allowed me to work part-time and I was married at the time and everything fell apart at the same time. My marriage fell apart. I mean, but you know, at the end of the day, I lost um, everything, but I gained everything. And so I'm, I'm always grateful for that, I guess, like stripping away of everything. And then this new life began and I'm, I'm ever for, forever grateful. I was going in one direction, but the life I have today and where I am and how I feel and how connected I feel to what I do, I would not change for anything. That is so beautiful, and I know it's going to resonate with a lot of listeners, that you really went from a place where you literally had to start over in Completely. every way mm-hmm. and, and create a brand new life. Mm-hmm. How old were you? At the time of my son's accident, I was 32 years old. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. I would call that a spring chicken. Mm-hmm. A spring chicken. Yes. Um, okay, wow. This is wonderful because I think one of the other things that I like to do on the show is I like to be able to show how people navigate through tragedy and come from the other side to something much more beautiful and amazing. Correct. Um, and I didn't know that part about your story. I, I just somehow didn't come up in our first conversation and I didn't realize that that's what you had been through mm-hmm. uh, and all those moving parts. And so you're literally now off on this new life. Um, you're on your own now. You have two kids. Yes. And started all over again. You know, just started as a single mommy and uh, started, um, I had my job, which was very flexible. They allowed me to work part-time and just started a life. But, you know, it, it was so interesting to find peace in that moment mm-hmm. and just focus on every day. That's something else I've learned to do. I'm, I don't worry about next week. I'm going to get up today and I'm going to make today count. And I'm going to make today the best that it can be because, you know, tomorrow, I don't know what tomorrow is. Mm-hmm. And that's something I learned about my son's accident. You know, you worry about stuff. You think about next year, next month. I, I don't do that anymore. I wake up today and today is going to be the day and I just make today happen. And that's something else I learned through that process. I wonder how that translates to the work you've been doing at My Possibilities. Oh, the same. Every day is a new day. Um, ob- I don't let obstacles get to me. Um, nothing's surmountable. Today is the day I'm going to deal with whatever comes across my plate. Mm-hmm. Now, when this accident happened and, and you ended up being a, a single mom, were you here in the United States or in South Africa? South Africa. Okay. This happened in South Africa. Okay, and so then you remarried into the United States. Correct. Got yes. it, got it. I met a, a wonderful godly man and we got married and this man has been fantastic and took my son on or, you know, we put our four children together. It was so interesting. I uh, was very concerned about getting remarried and especially with a child with special needs. I thought to myself, oh my gosh, who's going to take this on? And um, I remember having that conversation when we were talking about I was like, no, I don't think this is such a good idea. Um, and to be honest, the, the young man with adult with special needs has never been our challenge. It's been the other three teenagers that were much more complicated. <laughs> right, that's exactly it. Yeah. Um, one of the other things I was thinking about is that you, now, so we've been talking about when the accident went down, which is when Kyle was just a baby. Correct. What I would also want to find out from you is now he's an adult. So what's it like to be a parent of a child who has special needs? You know, um, it's it's different. You know, it's different. Your child, my son is now 30 years old. My son is still at home with me. Um, Opportunities are limited. Um, He still lives with me. Um, he is done with school now and you know typically when you're 30 years old you're not living at home with mom and dad anymore you're living um, independently you have a life you but you might even be married at this point you know you're starting a life on your own and my son is still at home and that is something that is really concerning for us as parents as we get older you know what's going to happen to our, our adults when we're no longer around 
Now, you, did you say before, and I hear you say this, maybe I heard this correctly or incorrectly, that Kyle, can he see? Yes, he's visually impaired. He sees somewhat, but not fantastic. Okay. He, he's, he's able to see things if they're right in front of him. He's able to read, and it has to be large print, but it, it doesn't. he doesn't see in a distance. Mm -hmm. Does he have any other disabilities as well? He has a cognitive, a cognitive impairment. Okay. okay. It's, it's pretty, I mean, it's not, it's not severe, but he has a cognitive impairment. Okay, um, so so one of the things that's really fascinating, and I know we're gonna we're gonna talk about this here, but I, I wanna I really wanna get into this because we get into the mission part of it, we get into how this all began. Correct. So when I think about that first conversation that we had on the telephone, and I've been referred to you, and I was like, I want to hear about your this amazing woman, what she's done. You started. You said something about well, I needed I needed some options for my, for my son, and I didn't see them. Correct. So mm -hmm. we've got just a little bit of time before we we need to go on our first break here. Can you kind of sketch for us and our listeners what was going on in your mind at that time as you were considering what to do for Kyle? Yeah, you know, um, typically uh, with an adult with special needs, they go to school until the year of their twenty second birthday. Um, at this point, my son is twenty one. He's a year away from graduation and we have this formal meeting that says Charmaine what are you going to do with Carl and I'm like I don't know what am I going to do with Carl and I say to the odd teachers like, well what options do I have and they go I don't know and we began this I don't know I don't know situation and I started to do some research and some investigation and what I saw was pretty devastating I mean there was just it was just rooms where people were warehoused and I was absolutely overwhelmed by that. And I just thought to myself, you know what? What am I going to do with Carl? How am I going to give him a place of dignity where he can continue to grow and be all that he needs to be? Mm -hmm. um, he's capable. And, you know, the, the bar or the, what's available is so low for these guys. Mm -hmm. I can't even imagine. I can remember Charmaine when my, my daughter was born. She's 13 now. And I remember I trying to get her just into preschool I was on 11 different waiting lists and I was so not amused by that process I can't even imagine what you must have been going through as you considered what you were going to do with Kyle how could you give him a good environment which as you said with dignity mm -hmm. that would support his needs I, I really applaud what you've done we're going to hear all, all more about that after the break um, but it is time for our first break. I'm Elise Cortez, your host. We've been on the air with Charmaine Solomon, who is the founding member of My Possibilities, a full-day continuing education program for adults with disabilities in North Texas, and she currently serves as chairman of the board. Her focus, passion, and dedication to My Possibilities is very personal because her son, Kyle, with special needs, was one of the first hipsters, or hugely important people, to attend My Possibilities when the program opened in June 2008. We've been talking about her early background when he was a baby and how he got his disability. After the break, we're going to hear how she started this organization. Stay with us. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. Thanks for staying with us, and welcome back to the Working on Purpose program. If you're just joining us, my guest is Charmaine Solomon, who is a founding member of My Possibilities, which is a full-day continuing education program for adults with disabilities in North Texas. She currently serves as the chairman of the board. Charmaine holds a master's degree in counseling from Amberton University is a licensed professional counselor and registered play therapist and has worked in her private therapy practice since 2008, specializing in children and family dynamics. I'm your host, Elise Cortez, and the two of us are here together in my Dallas office for this conversation. Let's pick up where we left off, Charmaine. I was just getting you to start to tell us about where this idea came from, and you were talking about looking for options for your son, Kyle. And so if you could sketch for us, I really want to hear the story of how you started this, My Possibilities. It started, um, so the investigation, I traveled all over the country to see what there was, um, to have a look and see where they, you know, where a place of dignity he could be. And actually, I, I thought to myself, well, I guess I'm not a local person. I must be confused. I must be disconnected. Um, let me call up um, a friend of mine um, at church, uh, one of my family, you know, one of my friends at church, whose son goes to the same school as, as, as mine. And I said, well, what are you doing with your son? And she says, I don't know. What are you doing with yours? And we go back and do this, I don't know, and I don't know. So we decide to meet at Starbucks. And um, we decide that we would see what we were going to do. We meet at Starbucks. And, of course, I, I'm a notorious napkin scratcher. <laughs> and so on the back of a Starbucks napkin, we, we sketched out what was to become um, the My Possibilities program. And um, so we have the napkin. I was going to say, do you still have the napkin? Yes, I only found, I'll tell you the napkin story later because I found the napkin years later, but I didn't know that I had it, that I had kept it. But I clearly am a pack rat. I keep everything. So on the back of this napkin, we sketched out a plan to call a town hall meeting, again, thinking we were disconnected. We would get this out to everybody we know. We would hold a town hall meeting. Prestonwood Baptist Church allowed us to use their cafeteria area, and we decided to hold these meetings. We hold three meetings and 300 people showed up each night. Wow. And all with people much older than we were. Our kids were young. They were 21 years old at this point. I mean, we're talking about adults. Someone had given up their job to take care of this adult. All these adults were home alone snacking. Um, and everybody was angry and frustrated. And so what we originally thought is we would have a house and we would just take care of our children. Then we were like, whoa, no, actually, this problem is bigger than we anticipated. Let's take a 5,000 square foot building. <laughs> and then we realized that that would be too big. You know, that would be too small very quickly. So we were hopping around. And, you know, it's so interesting to um, our population 
people have special needs, it feels like they were, they may be contagious because we couldn't find a landlord that would actually lease us property. Mm. Um, somehow, I guess, the connotation of having people with special needs is contagious and that you'll bring down the neighborhood, I guess. <laughs> and so we couldn't find an, uh, an agent who would let us this building. And then there was a, a kind man in Houston that had a daughter with special needs that was a landlord and he allowed mm. us to open this space. And he really was very generous with us. And so he had an 11 thousand square foot building which was for us was so ambitious because we on the napkin you'll see no you know no money I mean we had no money to stop <laughs> anything I mean it was just nothing I mean we were just mommies and we had nothing and um, really what we decided to do this owner was going to help us it was a completely derelict building I mean there were no carpets the wires were hanging down and he said okay you can use this building as long as you fix it up and then we give you a graduated lease such as, as you fix it up. So we decided that we'd hold another town hall meeting in this building, and we held it in the winter. It was so cold. There was no electricity. We were sitting in blankets, and we were shivering like, this could be the future home of my possibilities kind of stuff. <laughs> and, um, and people stepped up, and, you know, I can give you paint, and I can do the ceiling, and I can do the furniture. And, you know, and suddenly my possibilities came together, but we had to raise $200,000 for six months operating cash. Um, and as a result of that, us we were washing cars, we were doing bake sales, popcorn sales, we sold other people's junk on the sidewalk, I mean, junk, car boot sales, I mean, anything that you can think of to raise the $200,000, which we did. And so... Over um, what period of time did you raise that money? About eight months. Okay. About eight months we raised. Yes, it was hard work. But boy, we sold anything and everything to anybody. Um, and so we raised the $200,000, the, the dates... And I'll share the date, why the date is important. Um, the, the napkin meeting was in June 2007. And exactly a year later, in June 2008, we opened up our what was to become our possibilities. That gives me goosebumps. And so we opened in June 2008. And we started with 10 students. And um, just, oh gosh, and then after that, the floodgates happened. You know, very shortly we were... Um, full where we are and I think what makes us my possibilities uniquely different is that we are not babysitting we are teaching these guys essential skills for living life skills socialization independent living and everything was is with the intention of making sure that they can get jobs and they can be contributing members in society we also wanted them in our community we wanted these guys went to school there they know people we wanted people we wanted them to be connected in their community where they belong and what we did is we went to the community and said come and help us and I think that's been one of my possibilities big successes is that our community is amazing they are so supportive of our adults they provide um, any opportunity for us and we do lots of volunteer opportunities where the community comes into my possibilities so we started in 2008 with 10 students completely volunteer staff uh, we were the the staff we were the cleaners the janitorial team we were, I mean we were everything my first media photograph is me and my son cleaning the horrible men's restroom at the building and it's just disgusting and so you know we've got like hazmat suits on and someone snapped us and put us on the you know look at my possibilities kind of thing. So, and so um, we opened and then systematically we raised money we continued to raise money um, and we put on four big events every year to sustain um, what we're trying to do. Um, so my possibilities now takes adults, 18. Our oldest gentleman is 74. And the uniqueness oh. about my possibilities too is that we are non-diagnosis specific. 
everybody has a, a traumatic brain injury of some sort, whether it was in, at birth, in utero, or beyond birth, um, and every diagnosis under the sun um, that we have at My Possibilities. And so we find that people with autism or Down syndrome or whatever, they cohabitate very effectively together. And we make sure that where you are weak, we're going to pair you with a stronger person to help you as a buddy. And so that's how we started. And then we fast forward um, June 2013, uh, you know, we, uh, a year before, we were complete capacity. We just had no space to serve anyone else. Um, and then we started to um, do investigation about where we could go. And we have a, Bob, uh, we have a board member called Bob Gibbons. Um, he's a realtor. He helped us with our space. And he found this completely derelict building. Again, derelict building. <laughs> so I'm seeing a pattern I'm here. I'm seeing this. I'm I remember taking my board members to look at this building and saying, this could be the next future home of my possibility. They're like, are you crazy? <laughs> it looked like the ghetto. And again, the community stepped up and we refurbished this building into what is now a real uh, college education center. And believe it or not, we moved into the building in June 2013. So there's this June thing about June. June happens. And someone said that to me, you know, someone said to me, what is it about June? Why, why is June the month for my possibilities? And, you know, it took me a long time upon reflection because it's really been a long time since my car, my son's accident. But my son's accident happened in June. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, my son's accident happened in June, June 1986 is when it happened and you know it's so it's so many years ago you never make that connection mm -hmm. but i think that's a reminder uh, that about the, God, the the bargain that god and i made mm -hmm. and the honor that we keep mm -hmm. you know we do but it, yeah june is june is the um june is it i have lots of questions i want to drill down on what you just said there that was a lot of amazing information and i bet the listeners are just hanging on every word especially those who are at all interested in something like this or have a special needs child themselves I think we need a drum roll for this. Okay. How many students do you have today? Oh my gosh, we serve 375 families a week now. Oh my gosh. 375 families a week. Oh my gosh. From 78 different zip codes. Wow. That is just, it's mind-boggling to me. Mm -hmm. It's mind-boggling. Well, the other thing that I, that I want to hear more about is you, you mentioned Correct. some of the things that you're teaching. You're teaching life skills. Correct. You're teaching You're teaching these people how to get work, meaningful work. So say a bit, a bit about the curriculum. What are you teaching? Um, actually, we have not, you know, interestingly enough, beyond high school education for adults with special needs, there, there isn't stuff. We have had to actually create our own educational framework in order to be able to continue this education because when the bus stops coming, somehow they, the, this idea that the adults, they're done with school, they don't need any more education. Mm -hmm. So there really isn't information. And so we've had to systematically develop our own curriculum and be able to teach that as well. So we've had our we've we've been building our own educational framework now for about three years because we just couldn't find materials that were suitable for our population. So and everything is to is functional. It's to do with getting them ready for work making sure that their behaviors are emotionally and socially appropriate and then developing the necessary skills to go to work. So we, for example, our building is beautifully clean. You, our janitorial team cleans our building. That's the practice that they're getting so that they can go work on another janitorial team. We have we have a culinary arts program. Our guys cook, make food, beautiful. Mm -hmm. They've got their food handler certifications. 
Uh, we make jewelry, candles. We make beautiful products that are available in our store. These guys get paid for the work that they do. And so it's a mini cosm, you know, it's like a microcosm of what's expected in the real world for these guys. We have a beautiful art program. I mean, the art is fantastic. And who would know that these guys could actually do this because they've never been exposed to this. Mm-hmm. And my famous painting, and I have it in my boardroom, it's never going to be for sale, is one of our adults with special needs, um, her interpretation of the Mona Lisa. Mm. She's never painted. She's a, at this point, she's an adult of 30 years old and she finds this ginormous can, canvas and she's just a tiny little Asian girl like this and sets out to make her interpretation of the Mona Lisa. And I remember when we had an exhibition uh, with the parents coming to visit, this mother falls in love with this painting and says, you know, I, whose painting is this? I said, it's, it's your daughter, it's Gina's. And they're like, my Gina? Never. Maybe I should get her some art lessons. This is 30 years old. Who knew that they had this talent? And we find that music, um, art, drama, any of these things, you just see this giftedness rise in them. And no one would imagine that an adult with special needs has a giftedness. Why on earth would we not consider them? They are gifted just like we are. It's our job to find it. We don't think of them as gifted. That's, That's a mindset that we don't have. That is incredibly beyond beautiful, and I can guarantee you, because I'm, I'm already tearing up. People in the audience are probably are probably crying over that. What you just said right there is beautiful. Thank you. It's so beautiful, it. and that's what we want for our children, right? Like so everybody wants. Everybody wants for their children, and I love the fact that you're able to do this, mm-hmm. and for for so many families, three or seventy five families, and plans for more, which we'll get to in just a second. Oh my gosh, Charmaine, it's. Wonderful. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. It's so, um, every day is a wonderful place. If you're having a bad day, come and visit my possibilities. <laughs> we will change your mind and you'll gain perspective. If you think your life is complicated, you'll, honestly, uh, it's the funnest place. You'll go in hugs and high fives abound. They're always happy, singing, laughter. It's a fabulous place. I love working there. Mm, boy, talk about working on purpose, mm-hmm. which is again why I thought you would be perfect guest for the show. Thank you. Um, the next thing I wanted to delve into, and you maybe started to weave it in when you started talking about the work that you're 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 teaching your your students how to prepare for work, and, and you also pay them. Correct. You made mention earlier about the community that you work with, so I got to believe that you have community partners that maybe you're working with to help them work beyond the school program. Yes. Tell us about those. Basically, we have a lot of community partners where we go and do internships. So initially, we'll go in, we teach the job skills necessary, we make sure behaviors are stable, they're ready to work, and then we have a lot of community partners that allow us to go onto their job sites and work in real-life situations, get better training. And then, in some cases, our guys have been hired from there. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they fall, the uh, employers fall in love with them, and they, they fall in love with the employers and they hire them. Mm-hmm. And they're doing that. You know, just recently, a young man of ours has gone to work um, full time at a hotel with full benefits, 401k. And wow. he came to visit us the other day and he comes to me and says, You know, we get friends and family dis- discount, Michelle, and you're considered family. You need to come and, and I'll make sure that you get my discount. And I was like, Oh my gosh, how cute these guys are. I, you know how wonderful that is, and you know I have had a little bit of experience working with, with the disabled community. And you're right; it is a beautiful place. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. But what I what I also really love about what you're doing there is that you're looking to discover who these people are Correct. at their core, and helping them bring that to life. I just think that is so phenomenal. What a gift! I can't even imagine 
the the joy that your families must feel by knowing that their children are in your care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, unbelievable. And the growth that we see, I mean, you know, uh, it's like witnessing miracles every day. You know, you just see things. And uh, just this past week, you know, this young man comes up to me and he says to me, Charmaine, how are you today? And I'm like, I'm, I'm doing well. He says, how's Kyle? You know, um, I like Kyle. Kyle's really a sweet guy. He's so kind to me every time you see I didn't this this guy doesn't speak. I didn't even know that he knew that Carl was my son. Mm-hmm. And suddenly through speech therapy we unlocked his communication and boy he knows everything that's around him. So you can't assume that they don't know that just because they're nonverbal. They know. And you can't you can't not do that. Mm. Oh, it's absolutely wonderful. Um, I, one other thing that you said that I, I know that our listeners will appreciate, anybody who does any work with like a nonprofit oriented space, you mentioned having to, to raise money and that you do four events. We do. Tell us about these events. Well, we put four events on every year. We have to. Um, you know, we raise about, um, so everybody who comes to My Possibilities is on a partial scholarship. And right now with 370 families, we have to raise about $1.2 million for the local operation, the day-to-day operation. Um, and the reason being is that we really pay our staff salaries, benefits. We hire educated people who know what they're doing. They have the license. They have the education. They really understand working with our people. And so the two things that we raise money for is the partial scholarship and to make sure that our people are are well-funded because we want to build that um, stability. We put on four events. We put on a gala uh, every year, the fun, most fabulous community ball. Everybody gets dressed up. The girls dress, the prom closet helps us. The men's warehouse gets the men's tuxes. People do their hair and nails. And then our community and the adults come together for this incredible party with the John Khan Band. And we do that every year. Uh, we do it on April 30th this year. And it is a fantastic event. It's, and no one, our guys love to dance. And boy, there's very limited talking and it's dancing. And if you don't have fun, then I'm sorry, that's, up, that's on you. Right. It is the most fun event um, that we do. And it's a fundraiser for us. We do a golf tournament um, in the late summer. And then uh, in December, of course, we do a North Texas Giving Day. We, we really do a big hip, hipster hero theme. And then in December, we put on a big Santa run, a 5K Santa run. <laughs> Everybody runs in a Santa suit. They dress the, the dogs come, the kids come, the strollers get done. So we put on those big events every year um, to raise the $1.2 million that we need for operation. Okay, that all makes me exhausted. Because I know what the, what goes into those events. Oh my gosh! Hats yes. off to you, yes. Charmaine. Um, wonderful! Wow, it's it's so inspiring to hear how you're you're talking about supporting this organization. I want to hear more about your vision after the break, but sure. it is time for that. So we'll we'll cue us up for that. I'm Elise Cortez, your host. We've been on the air with Charmaine Solomon, who is the found who is a founding member of My Possibilities, which is a full day continuing education program for adults with disabilities in North Texas. She currently serves as the chairman of the board. After the break, we're going to hear more about her vision for the future and some some of what she hopes to leave as a legacy for her son. Stay with us. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. 
Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Want more positivity in your life? Are you ready to get healthy, happy, and energized? Join the Stella Donna Goddess Gals, Cynthia Bryan, and Heather Brittany for a power hour of stimulating, supportive conversation on Star Style. Be the star you are. A lineup of best-selling authors, celebrities, and experts. Join the effervescent mother-daughter dynamic duo in this upbeat, positive, life-changing talk radio playground. Star Style. Be the star you are. Wednesdays, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific, 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Lend us your ears. It's power time. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. Thanks for staying with us, and welcome back to the Working on Purpose program. I'm Elise Cortez, your host. Thanks for joining us. Um, I have with me today Charmaine Solomon, who is a founding member of My Possibilities, which is a full-day continuing education program for adults with disabilities here in North Texas. She currently serves as the chairman of the board. We'll learn more about that role here in just a moment. She holds a master's degree in counseling from Amberton University, is a licensed professional counselor and registered play therapist, and has worked in her private therapy practice since 2008, specializing in children and family dynamics. We are here together in my Dallas office, and I get to to myself for the next few minutes. Um, I want to hear a little bit more now if we can. We've been talking about how you started this amazing organization. Now I want to hear about your current role as president of the board of directors. And I know that you are a previous founder as well, of course, but this is clearly a labor of love and mission. You don't even derive income from your work. No. Okay, so we'd like, I'd like to hear, what do you do in a day? What's it like for you these days? You've been at it now for what? This is going on to your seventh or eighth year. Mm-hmm. So tell us about your life today, the day-to-day. You know, when we first started, the day-to-day operation was all hands-on for us. And thank goodness as the organization has grown, we've really been able to hold on to um, or hire real key people into these roles and hand over some of the responsibilities. So I'm not as involved in the day-to-day operation, but I definitely am still involved in all the committee work because all the hard work and growth and expansion is very much in the committees, 
um, the board members or serve on committees. And so we're doing a lot of work on the future of my possibilities and what's next for my possibilities in the, commu- in the committee work. We have, we have five different committees. <clears throat> we have human resources. We have um, safety and security. We have the finance committee. And then we have the educational framework. And then we have a parent committee. So we have five different committees that we are working on um, that we're constantly looking to redefine and really make sure that My Possibilities is a sound business. Because, you know, My Possibilities might be a non-for-profit, but we run the organization as a business. And actually, my husband likes to call us a for-cause organization, right? Because we have a cause, but it's a business. And so the difference is that we have a cause. And, you know, failure for us is not an option um, for me. I'll work all day, every day. I'll stand on the corner with a boot if I have to to raise money because this is my son's future. I mean, we're talking about my son's future. And now I have hundreds of sons and daughters and this is their future. And quite frankly, my possibilities cannot fail. We've given them a future. And if we take that future away, then what? What do they have then? I think that would be more cruel. You know, if they didn't have something, they wouldn't know. But now they have something. And they have friends and they have social events. They have a life and they're back to where they want to do. You know, we had um, two young men actually coming from different programs to us completely shut down. You know, they have lost their friendship circle and suddenly they come back to life again because they have a life and they have friends and they are mentored again. And so that's really important for us. Um, And so that's why we do a lot of work on what's going to be the future for my possibilities because um, the building that we're in now was initially part of a five-year expansion plan. But, oh, my gosh, you know, after two years, boom, all the walls were finished with maximum capacity. And, you know, we don't like to jam-pack people in our building because we are very sensitive about our adult-to-teacher ratio. It's really important for us. And so we are now at maximum capacity. We have a waiting list for the morning program, depending on what you need. There are options still for you to attend, but the morning program is really full. So the board of directors took... And it felt about um, 18 months ago, actually, to begin working on what's next because we, we really didn't think we'd have to, you know, we kind of just moved in and then began thinking about what was next because it was so quick. I mean, we moved from our other facility, which was a 11,000-square-foot facility, into a 23,000-square-foot facility. It's really easy, unbelievable, thinking that this would give us, you know, five years' worth of growth Mm-mm. within um, uh, 18 months we were full. The, the need, and that's the other thing that we haven't addressed, the need for services. Oh, my gosh. It's it's like a desert with a raindrop that my possibilities is trying to address. It's like a desert with a raindrop. Correct. What a wonderful phrase mm-hmm. to use in this instance. Mm-hmm. Was it hard for you to transition from being a founder and running the, the organization from within like that to being on the board? Is that hard? No. Um, it was a really natural transition for me. Um, you know, I, you know, thank goodness I'm not somebody who um, holds on to things. Um, there are more, uh, you know, what we needed was skill sets and different kinds of skill sets and to hire, to be able to hire those and hire key people and hand over those responsibilities and to see them grow with it. You know, an organization will die if you don't let it go. And we needed to let it, I needed to let it go. And now uh, we have a very strong management team. The executive director, Michael, Michael Thomas, does a really good job. And so it's really good. And, we can, and I can focus more on the strategic side as opposed to the hands-on side. But I still get to go and say hi and hug everybody in the building every day. As if they can run away from you. That's right. right. Never going to happen. <laughs> I think that's such a beautiful 
thing to say, Charmaine, because there's a lot of people who probably may have been in your shoes, who have created something, but learning to know when to let go, when to go on to the next step and hand those rights to someone else to keep it going or keep it going in the direction you want it to or allow it to grow and evolve is, I think, kind of the magic sauce. And you did it somehow. You know, I think we've just, uh, it's just grown so fast that we needed to do it. And, you know, it's grown even more with us doing that and so it's really a good model you know sometimes when you hold on to something you smother it and that's the last thing that we wanted to do and my vision is to serve as many people as possible with dignity and quality and I know that I'm just capable of X and so uh, it was really you know time to hand that over. Mm-hmm. Well, you said that in your role now as, as president of the board of directors that you get to work on strategy. Correct. So let's talk about your vision. So you have a vision to build the first of its, of its kind campus for adults with special needs to continue learning and to meaningfully participate in work. So what do you hope that my possibilities will look like in five years, maybe well, 10 or 20? Just kind of talk to us through that. Well, in the, you know, just recently, um, you know, we have bought land. We've bought 20 acres of land um, locally in our community. A lot 20 of acres. 20 acres of wow. land. Um, we have been working very diligently on this with uh, to purchase the land and raise the money to do that. And so instead of buying a little building and then outgrowing it, uh, the board took a strategic direction to say, look, let's buy land and then we would have the space to actually expand and build these buildings onto the land. And so that's what we're doing. We've, we signed, we became landowners on December 19th and uh, we have a strategic plan to build. Um, so this is a five to 10 year plan and um, we have certain phases that we will build as we raise the money. So we're most definitely in a raising money phase um, and we're gonna build this. We're gonna build something that is very unique to us, a campus for adults with special needs, a university campus um, where they'll have a community. They can come and learn and work on campus, off campus, um, and just flourish. And so that's our vision, and it's right in our community. Um, you know, I, we, I live in Plano. This, um, I'm a, a very staunch person in my community, and our community supports us. I did not want to go anywhere else. I am so impressed with what you have done and what you are doing and the vision you're carrying forward. I just, I can't stand it. It's, it's just <laughs> so, it's, I, I, my listeners, I'm sure, are sitting there going, wow, she went from this idea, this need, and a couple of people in this building without electricity to this. Um, so tell us a little bit more about that. You know, talk about buildings. And so are we talking about what we would normally envision as like an educational sort of campus? Or exactly. Tell us more about this. So basically, we have already um, Corkin Architects have drawn up an architectural plan for us. Again, these beautiful community partners come in and donate all their time and services for us. And basically, we are going to build a whole university campus. And so right now, we may have a gym in our facility. We'll have a gym facility, a building. You know, we have a culinary arts kitchen in our building right now. We'll have a whole building for that. And so, um, you know, our art room, instead of having an art, it'll be a performing arts center. So, for example, as a, again, looking at the giftedness, so if your adult is gifted in music, you go to the performing arts center. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you're gifted in cooking and you want to learn about cooking, then you need to be in the culinary arts department because that's what we do. And the other thing is how uh, the, the, the thing that we also need to be addressing is how are these guys ever going to learn to live at home or live alone if they only know how to live in, with mom and dad? So a training facility that allows them the opportunity to, like a dorm, that allows them to learn how to live independently. 
um, most of us learned how to live in a dorm, how to live alone when we went to college in a dorm for the first time. Mm-hmm. You know, we all live at home. These guys are very dependent upon their parents. You know, we, um, for example, of all the families that come to my possibilities, I will tell you that 80% of our families, these adults are still living at home. A small percentage are living in group homes and one or two adults maybe live independently. So we have, a, we have very aging parents right now taking care of their adults still. Mm. Wow, I mean, I'm just sitting here feeling like I'm in the presence of an angel. <laughs> no, um, my, this is all, you know, I, I hate to say this, this is so personal. You know, I know our numbers, our days on earth are numbered, and, uh, you know, what's going to happen to my son when I'm not here? And so as long as I've got breath in my body, I'm going to be building some future, sustainable future for him, and hopefully for others like my son. Mm-hmm. And yet again, one of the amazing things that I love about your story is when, when we talk about, you know, the whole reason I wanted to do this show was I wanted to help people more meaningfully connect to their work mm-hmm. and give them examples of people who have, and you certainly have. And the motivation is just beautiful. And to that point of your son, one of the things that you said to me on the phone that I just probably will never forget was you said that you hope to leave a legacy for your son, Kyle, in this endeavor. Correct. What a beautiful thing to say. Will you say more about that? Sure. You know, um, Tom is 30 years old. Um, you know, he's a very vulnerable person. Um, he would need an environment and a place that he would need to be um, somewhat supervised. I mean, he's pretty independent, but he he's a vulnerable person. I mean, anybody can do harm to him. And so the idea that we would set the rules, we would set the quality, we would hire the right people um, is really what I want to be for him and for others. And I think that's what some people will tell you about my possibilities, that we really were very hipster-centric. You know, um, my possibilities is all about the hipsters. Um, if you ever want to see me mad or see me with my what my husband calls the Star Wars look, <laughs> is when you are not focused on the hipsters. And so my possibilities uh, exist for the hipsters. And when you're not doing that, then you're in trouble. And, and this is, I'm really very serious about that. And so and, and as an organization, we are, we know what we, we, who we're serving. We know what our population is. And that's important because our guys need this. And I, I really want um, to make sure that Carl's future is secure if something happens to me. And I guess that's my, um, my leftover from my experience with Carl's accident. You know, today could be a beautiful, like it is in Texas today, beautiful sunny day. But tomorrow it could be something very different. And so um, I need to get working on that. Wow, if that's not inspiring listeners, I don't know what's going to do it for you. <laughs> that is amazing. Uh, we have just a little teeny bit of time left in maybe 60 seconds. Would you just comment? This show is about getting people to more meaningfully connect with their work. Final thoughts about that? Oh my gosh. Um, you know, it's something that's right in your backyard. It's right in every day. Just look at your life and just find meaning and purpose. It's so beautiful when you find that. So energizing, you know. Um, and you don't have to, you know, a lot of people are confused about, gosh, what am I going to do? It's right in your backyard. You could find something to do that's so meaningful to you because I believe it's in your, your little two, two degrees around you, your purpose and your passion. Oh, my gosh. What a beautiful way to close, Charmaine. Thank you so much for taking time oh, to come here and be with me for the show. So I have the, the benefit of seeing your beautiful face and watch your expressions as you share this beautiful story. Thank you. Thank you. And it's a very personal story. So thank you for allowing me to share. Yes, it's it's beautiful. And listeners, there was a lot conveyed here. And certainly if you want to learn more about Charmaine or my possibilities, and certainly if you care to help in that fundraising effort, please do visit their website. It's mypossibilities.org. 
you'll be able to see all of the history there related to the organization. You'll be, be able to find Charmaine, to be able to uh, con connect with her and contact her. Um, what an amazing show to hear about this week, so thank you again. Next week, we'll be on the air with Lauren Midgley, who is the author of It's 6 a.m. and I'm Already Behind, 30 Strategies to Get Caught Up in a Crazy Busy World. She'll be sharing her expertise and how we can all become more productive in our lives and at work. So tune in next week. And remember, it works at least one-third of our lives, so let's work on purpose. We hope you've enjoyed this week's program. Be sure to tune in to Working on Purpose, featuring your host, Elise Cortez, every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, find your life's purpose at work. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.